Welcome to Tuning In with Kathy Presland and Maren Enkelman. We have conversations about human nature at work, how to be more of who you are and have more of what you want. Maren, welcome. Today, we're going to talk about difficult decisions and making difficult decisions. And the reason the reason we chose this topic is it came out of a discussion I was having with a client last week who was telling me that lots of things were going really well, apart from sometimes he faced these things that he called difficult decisions. I'm putting these in metaphorical inverted commas. And so the way we looked at this is to explore what is the nature of difficult when we've got this thing called difficult decisions. Actually applies to lots of areas. Difficult conversations is another topic which we won't go into now, but again, it's a very common area where we put the word difficult in front of something because it genuinely looks difficult to us. But there's something for me about the nature of what is it that we are creating as difficult and what is it that is like a real problem that we need to solve here. And so this was the nature of the conversation I had with my client. And you and I haven't really talked about this, but I'm really curious about your perspective. Where we came to in the discussion with the client is that something's difficult if we are very personally attached to a particular outcome or in an organizational context, often somebody else is very attached to a particular outcome. And sometimes that's the status quo. Sometimes they don't want to see change. And so That's one thing that can create tension in a discussion because people have very different expectations or very different desired outcomes. And then sometimes there are very real and challenging problems that we have to face in the real world. My uh, oldest son is a big fan of this TV series called Designated Survivor. And it's about um, Kiefer Sutherland, who unexpectedly finds himself president. There was a classic and I thought rather brilliant line a couple of weeks ago where he's talking about decisions somebody comes to him and they say oh the nature of the decisions you make always seems to be really difficult and he said well i'm president people don't come to me when there's an obvious yes and no decision i only get things when it's a a sort of 49 51 it's hard versus hard it isn't hard versus easy because then the decision wouldn't have come to me and there's definitely something about that first of all you've got to think about the nature of the things that are coming to you If there was a really obvious answer that everybody agreed on, it's highly unlikely it would even have come to you for a decision. There is something real about the complexity of the problem that you might be looking at. Sometimes it may be that we don't know which is right and wrong and both directions have consequences and we have to make some assessments and analysis of that. But making it difficult, often something appears difficult from a different place. That doesn't come from the complexity of the problem. That comes from the personal attachment or the perspective through which we're looking at the uh, the decision and the steps that need to be taken. So that was my first go at unpicking difficult decisions. Marin, I'm curious what you see in that or what you've experienced as difficult. Hi, Cathy. This is a fascinating subject. Decisions is just um, very present for me at the moment doing all sorts of things which I'm very attached to <laughs> right now. And I think you, you picked up on, on something that is 
at the core of this and it's so hard to spot like how how important are things to ourselves or or we feel that making this decision will say something about ourselves and often when you were talking about how your clients felt in this dilemma of of being in a leadership position and having to make decisions which could go either way and it's basically up to him to to really decide which direction to go and you don't really know the outcome of both sort of directions which we don't I mean we we simply don't most of the times and you might as a more experienced leader you might have more experiences of similar situations and know how things are more likely to turn or you know people better but all of this is speculation isn't it it's very often the two evils that you weigh weigh up against and see which one is more likely to be an outcome that you you might like later on, but it, it could go either way. I think so. And I think there's something about once we understand the nature of the problem that we're looking at or the nature of the decision that we're making, it's much easier to apply real world techniques. Mm-hmm. I've worked in large organisations where we had risk registers and we looked at the impact of the risk, the likelihood, and did multiplications to come up with which sorts of things were a priority to manage. And of course, the there are those sorts of techniques that we can apply. But we don't have that crystal ball. And anything that we can do to lighten the weight of the decision, not to reduce the seriousness of the consequences, but to realize, to realize that actually, truly, we don't control those consequences because there's so much that's in the unknown. Yeah. And sometimes we just need to go for it. We just need to press the button and say, okay, I've done everything I can possibly do and we're we're all in or we're not all in. Sometimes it's the nature of a larger scale decision that we're going to adopt this strategy, we're going to go in a different direction and it is something that looks like it's an all in decision. But on other occasions we can do things step by step. We talked about that, my clients and I have Again, there are methodologies like what can you experiment with? What would give you some information if you're creating a product or a service? What's a way of testing this in a, in a way that, that has fewer consequences or that doesn't tie up all of your resources into a new direction that's completely untested? And sometimes we can do that, sometimes we can't. But there's definitely a lot of things that we make up about consequences. Well, this is right, this is wrong. And I think to step back from that and say, I have the best information that I have. And so at some level, I know that I can move forward with as much confidence as I can generate in any one moment. And that's very different, I think, from being personally attached to something, having to work out a certain way, because it's when we bring that personal attachment that we're we're then starting to feel something as right or wrong, or we start to bring in either judgments of ourselves or judgments of others, well, you shouldn't have made the decision because look how it's turned out. Well, we often don't know how things are going to turn out. So how could we possibly have done things any differently in the moment? What we try to do with the, the people that we work with and people we're talking to on this podcast is to disentangle where we are seeing things through the filter of our emotions and our thought-based 
experience versus what is the nature of the situation that, that we're dealing with here. Because when we know what we're dealing with, we're very good at moving forward. But when we're looking at things through that filter of our own personal subjective reality, then then we can't see as clearly. We're never going to make as good a decision because it's like we're filtering the wrong information. We're listening to background noise versus the nature of the, the challenge that we're facing. I think that's a really, really good point. I, I was reminded of my time working in government as an external consultant. And it was a very hierarchical way of decision making. So the next level will make for the, the level below. And it, it was very interesting for me to see how, you know, especially because I was, I was not part of the system, I was still kind of a little bit external. It was really interesting to see how decisions were very often totally based on personal circumstances. So you had deadlines and it turned out to be a week before a secondment started that we didn't know about or mm -hmm. there were things that did not have anything to do with the project or with the task at hand, but really with their personal setup and circumstances or their personal decision-making or their personal timeframes, which nobody knew about by the time it was still kind of set in stone and we were all working towards that without knowing where that decision came from. And that makes you realize how arbitrary a lot of them are and how what we said at the beginning, you know, we, we can go either way. Maybe something completely different would have come out of it if we went in another direction but who knows if that was would have been the better way it would have been just different and it's good to have that reassurance that it's just a path it's, it's just one or two of, of two or three different routes you would take and it's not that important because there will there will be something coming out of it whatever the decision is and it's not really about right and wrong. It's just about taking the decision and going for it. Yeah, and it's like this is the choice that we're making. And so let's monitor as we go. It's not like we're going to close our eyes and grit our teeth and just keep on the track. We're going to say, okay, this looks like it's like going for a walk and you find one way is not passable. Well, okay, let's head in this other direction and see where it takes us. We, we want to be alert and we want to be monitoring and we want to be discovering actually I was out in the woods with my with the puppy at the weekend and my husband and we set off down one trail and it looked as if it was taking us away from the direction we wanted to go so we ended up backing up and then taking another path it's exactly the same as we would do in an organizational context we don't just choose a path and then follow it blindly to the absolute bitter end we continue to be alert and awake and notice what's going on around us and continually refresh, is this the right choice? Yeah. But you raised something else that I thought was really interesting, which is about who's best equipped to make a decision. Actually, this was something else. The same client and I discussed, he came to realization that he wasn't always the person who was best placed to make the decision. He's in a senior position, he manages a program of work, and sometimes those program managers or project managers were the people who had the finger on the pulse. And his role was to was twofold, really, was obviously to take the wider perspective of, well, okay, in this project sense, we could move in this direction, but does that fit with our overall strategy? 
is this within the program? So obviously the, the more senior person would tend to have a, a wider perspective. And so to look at a recommendation within a perspective. But also he realized that a, an important part of his role was to equip the people who worked for him and with him to be able to make the best decisions that they possibly could. That's something that as managers, we don't, we don't always think of it exactly that way. We, we might think of helping people understand the strategy so that they themselves can, can know whether the direction is, is a fit or not for where we're heading at the moment. But actually equipping somebody to be able to see for themselves, where am I in my thinking about this? Where am I a little bit caught up in my own personal attachment? Or where am I paying too much attention to somebody else's personal attachment? And again, that separation between what's the real challenge here? What's the, the real thing we have to decide versus everybody else's in the moment personal response to it and, and personal attachments? If we can separate that, then often we can see very clearly who's best equipped to, to make this decision. My youngest son, I'm sure I've said before, is he's just made his final choices for university. And sure, I have preferences, of course. I've been on some of the visits with him and I look at them through my own lens. I'm trying to look at the ones that I think are the best fit for him. But of course, I'm bringing my own perspectives to that. But at the end of the day, I want to equip him to make the best decision for him. I'm not trying to influence him to my perspective. And being conscious of that creates in me quite different, quite different discussions with him and creates you know, different actions as a parent. And I think it's the same in an organizational context, in a leadership role. I'm not looking for the thing that I think is the right decision. I'm looking to equip the people around me to have the clarity to make, I'm going to put in inverted commas, the best decision, the most appropriate decision in those circumstances. So yeah, it's a slightly, slightly additional perspective to just ourselves working through difficult decisions. But in a leadership role, that is part of the role. It's not just about everything coming back to us. It's about equipping people to be able to do this for themselves. No, absolutely. And I think this whole notion of personal attachment is quite important in a, in a leadership position when you're not the, the person who's actually creating all the, the, the content for a project, for instance, or who's not dealing with all the nitty gritty things that are happening in, in, in the background and they are really important especially when, when, when you work, when you do the writing yourself or, you know, you, you, you kind of, you're very attached to the specific words and wordings and messages you, you have created. And when you are in a leadership role, not being that attached to, to the day-to-day -day sort of creation of, of the whole thing and more in charge of, of the bigger picture, then that's a really good position to be in to you know kind of take that personal attachment or put that into perspective and align it with the, the maybe the bigger picture or the you know the overall outcome you're you're trying you're trying to work towards yeah. and decisions you know often just the word like decisions you know it's, it's it feels like such a end thing to to everything Often it's just a direction for 
the time for now. And it's, it's good to see it as, as the next step rather than the fate of the whole, <laughs> of the whole project. Because if, even if you, you make an executive decision to, I don't know, not to, to launch something at that date or not to, to really scrap an entire part of the project because it's kind of leading in a different direction, that might, might be the, the right thing to do for now. You might be able to integrate it in a different way later on. Yes, it looks, it looks very absolute, doesn't it? It looks like this is the point at which path A is going to be everything wonderful and beautiful. And if we could only see into the future, mm-hmm. we would be able to make an absolute choice that would take us down route A and route B. And to come back to the, the university choices for my son, I'm aware that, of course, we have no idea how it's going to turn out. Whatever he chooses, he's going to get there. And in my mind, I think, well, what if he makes the wrong choice? He ends up doing a year at a university and then transfers somewhere else. Yeah. It's not as if it's a forever decision. And very often we put a lot of weight on the decision, the moment of choice. And I think the way you framed it is actually, this is the next step. The next step is from everything I know at this point in time, I know X is the choice that I'm going to make now. So my son's got a pretty clear idea which university he's, he's accepting. And that's, that's absolutely what he knows now. If he didn't know, if he was still choosing between two or three or he was in some confusion, then we might, we might go on visits. We might look at some other information. He might ask his teachers for some input. So if we were at the stage where we didn't know which way to go, then, then sure, we look for something else. We gather more information. We take time to step back and let our thoughts settle so we can get some clarity. When we feel that actually at this point in time, I'm pretty clear that my next step is going to be in this direction, then we can take that next step and then we can continue to, to see how things, how things work out. Making something absolute, making it as, it as if it's an all or nothing choice. Again, we're, we're putting a lot of weight on a moment in time for which we we can't predict the future so it's yeah it's helpful to see decisions as a this is something that we're moving forward with with the best information that we have and totally i think for worse than the wrong decision is not to make any decisions you know especially and yeah i can totally see that for myself <laughs> you just put off things yeah we don't realize that's a decision in itself isn't it that yeah the lack of action. Totally. It has its own consequences. My son, again, with his universities, he has to press certain buttons on the UCAS interface. And if he doesn't make a choice, then that in itself is a choice. It's a different choice. Yeah. You know, especially in a, in a business context, I, I've, I find you can debate any decisions that anyone would take. But it's always, always, always better to have a, the wrong decision, I think, than to drag things on and on and on and not make a decision at all because that, that kind of prolongs everything. That's, that's, that costs often more money than going one way and, and then, you know, after a short while, realizing, ah, oh, well, it may not have been the best thing to do. Maybe we, we need to detour at this point and move in and slightly different direction now than not move at all. 
it's easier to make a turn than it is to get something moving from a standing stop. And yeah, it's something to notice, I think, at a very human level to bring it back to, to what we can do in ourselves is to notice, am I really overanalyzing this? Obviously, analysis and information is helpful, but what am I looking for in my overanalysis? Am I looking for a way of providing some comfort? Am I looking basically for that crystal ball? (laughs) Or do do I have enough to move forward? You can you can do these things till the cows come home. It's just you will never ever be able to eliminate all the risks in the world, and it's and it's just not it's not helpful not to take any risks whatsoever. I think what you've just said there's I'm not sure if it's a Michael Neal quote or who said it originally, but I heard it from him saying uh, not even God can can drive a parked car. Yeah. It's just, you know, standstill is so much more difficult and counterproductive in a way. It's better to, to have a wrong decision, I think, than not one at all. I think here's what we forget in, in that process as we're doing all of that detailed analysis is we forget that when we've taken a decision, when we've made a choice and we've taken a step forward, we will have more information, we'll have different information available to us. And it, it looks as if when we're doing a lot of analysis, it looks as if if we can gather everything that it's possible to gather, it looks as if there is some amount of information that will lead us to the right choice. But actually, sometimes we need to be in action, we need to have taken a step with a product or service, we need to have tested it, we need to send send out a survey, we need to talk to somebody, we need to do something in order to, to gather more information. And this is very typically something I see with, if I'm working with clients who are in transition, it it seems to them as if somehow they can figure this out, whereas actually yeah. it's more productive often to be in conversations, to be in some exploratory conversations, or even and put themselves in a, in an internship or in some other position, like, well, how does this feel? I thought it might be this, but actually, what does it feel like now I'm actually here? What other ideas can I get in conversation with this person that it's, it's just not possible for us to figure everything out at a fixed point in time? And even knowing and accepting that, I think, is part of the fun that actually I treat it like a journey. When I'm going on a long journey, it takes the fun away somehow to have it all planned out. I have a vague idea of the direction and the routes, but meeting a roadblock or a diversion doesn't have to be a problem because it's taking me off track. It can be, okay, well, this is what's shown up for me today. Let me see. Let me see what happens. If I'm on an adventure holiday or something, then part of the adventure is that something goes slightly wrong or something's unexpected and we have to take a detour and who knows what's down the detour. That's part of the fun of the journey. Yeah, and I think um, it's got a lot to do with the idea of being in control of an outcome, which we, in most cases, just can't be in that sense. And it's, it's, a, it's a really, really healthy and helpful thing to accept that and to see that, you know, there are so many things that will happen we're not in control of. And there's, there will be a million different ways to respond to whatever shows up. And that would be, you know, the impact we will make with whatever 
we're confronted with or where that appears in our life. And I find that a much more creative and, yeah, much more liberating way to, to approach decisions because they're, they're part of liberation or a way to to keep moving or to, to take the next step and then the next step and then the next step and just see where it takes you. Yeah, yeah, I like the idea of it being liberating and healthy. And when we are not taking the consequences of those decisions personally, of course, I don't mean throw a caution to the wind and take crazy, stupid decisions. Of course not, yeah. But when things don't turn out the way we expected, that doesn't mean that we made a bad decision or it doesn't mean that there's something wrong with our capacity as a professional or as a leader or as a person, that how could we possibly know when we come from the place of making the best judgment that we possibly can in any moment, as long as we continue to do that, then we are doing our absolute best. And just because things don't turn out the way we might have expected or the way we might have predicted or the way that we had planned for, if we can see that that's exactly part of that adventure journey, it's the next thing, it's a new thing on the landscape that we can learn from. It doesn't mean anything about us personally. And, and again, separating, separating taking something personally from always showing up as our best self. I think that's... That's so powerful. That's how we get better and better performance. It comes back to taking the personal, taking the personal out of it. So difficult decisions, what if we just looked at them as if they weren't difficult, but they were a situation that we could problem solve around? I think that's where we've arrived at, that there's not necessarily a right and a wrong, but there's a, as the client and I ended up discussing, there's a right place to come from, but it doesn't mean that there's a right and a wrong decision in any situation. And I think the more we look at that, how can I be my best versus how can I get A or B result? Then I think we'll end up, we'll end up with those results that we're uh, that we want, we're more likely to get those coming from that place rather than trying to to control the end point. Yeah. As you said at the beginning, uh, being attached to something personally is always always makes things look different, don't they? I mean, when we talk about it, and in theory is different than when we talk about, I talk about my website, for instance, that is very, you know, that is very personal. Of course, I... I do realize that's only for me and I'm making this into something that it isn't. But for me, it is extremely helpful to see that anything I do at this point is, you know, it's going to take me somewhere and I can always change it afterwards. Yeah. It's not the ultimate and end of it all. And I really like approaching this project like that or any project like this because it's it makes it so much more enjoyable and so much more so much less about me things are so much less exhausting when they're not about us i find if this was a client project for example i know you don't do websites but hypothetically if this was a client's website you would have a completely different or it's likely that you would have a different perspective on it you would be out of your own personal attachment and you would be more in a state of 
objective decision making? Is it good enough to put out? Do we need to test this page? Mm-hmm. Is there something else that I want to add to to help meet the client's brief? Is it fit for purpose? Like those would be the sorts of questions that would be coming up for you, I'm imagining. Yeah. If you're looking at something from a place where you're not you're not feeling that the result means something about you if somebody likes or doesn't like it or somebody comments or there's a typing error or something like that, that, oh, well, there's a typing error. <laughs> so you did the best you could and not putting it out because you fear some imaginary consequence is, as you say, it's not leading you to the next step and the next step and the next step. And totally, I think the way to know that, the way for somebody to know that is when we have that that kind of sticky feeling, you know, when we feel slightly constricted, it's a very different feeling from looking at something as if as if we're playing with Lego pieces on a table. That when we're problem solving in a let's look for the way the pieces fit together in the best way, the energy around that is very different than if I can't get my piece to fit in this Lego model. There's something wrong with the model. Or there's something wrong with me. Like the the feeling of it is very different, and I think that's what we that's what we look for in a leadership situation is is maintaining that separation between our personal self and the the work that we do, so that we can do the best work, so that we can bring our best self to to the work. So thank you very much, Marin, for today's discussion, and we will see you next time. Thanks so much for tuning in with us today. You can find out more about Kathy at her website, kathypresden.com, and Marin at her website, onmind.me. Wishing you all the best until we connect again next time.